G'day, everyone. Welcome to UFC Fight Night in Ohio uh, uh, in front of another crowd this week. Very exciting. We've got Blades versus Chris Dorcas in the heavyweight main event here. And this will be a live betting show thanks to Punt School. And we'll also, we'll, oh, we are also on the Trademate Sports Channel 2. So, uh, yeah, if you're tuning in live, send in some questions if you like, some comments, tell me how bad my analysis is, go for it. Um, we will be going through the main card today, as always, at a brand new time in the uh, in the morning here in Australia. So maybe we'll get some uh, some different people tuning in. We'll go through Mark Dear Casey and Vyacheslav Boroshev, Alexei Olenek versus Alia Latifi, Matt Brown versus Brian Barbarena, Askar Askarov versus Kaikara France, Joanne Wood versus Alexa Grasso, and the main event, as I said before, Curtis Blades versus Chris Dorcas. Uh, so yeah, be giving you guys a couple of betting angles for all of those for all of those fights, and if not, just my thoughts on each fight and how they might play out. Um, and yes, as always, I will be very respectful of those who subscribe to MMA Pun School and not give out all of the bets. I have for this weekend. But let's get started with uh, Mark Dear Casey and Vyaslav Borshev. I think this will mostly stay on the feet, as you guys can imagine. Got two high level strikers here. I can see Dear Casey possibly trying a takedown or, you know, possibly trying to work his wrestling at some point during this fight. But I don't see it as like a major factor with this fight. I mean, it might, you know, there might be a couple minutes of wrestling, but the rest will be on the uh, on the feet. I would assume. I just don't think. I think Slav's defensive wrestling and defensive grappling is good enough so that you know he's going to be able to get back to his feet with not much drama at all. And it's not like Dear Casey's some you know amazing grappler or wrestler. But yeah, on the feet, I think I'll call him Slav. Uh, Instead of uh, Borshev, I think it's a bit easier to pronounce for me, and I'm probably botching it anyway. Um, I think Slav has the advantage on the feet. He's more aggressive. I think he's got a better chance of finishing the fight. Um, just has a few more weapons, I would say. Um, you know, over I think it's over 300 kickboxing fights or something like that. So I think he's the more accomplished kickboxer. But, I mean, it's a, t a totally different game, uh, MMA. So... Um, being more aggressive, I would assume he's going to, you know, be on the front foot a little bit more and backing Dear Casey up, which I think is kind of where the fight can be uh, won and lost here. I think the person who takes the center of the cage or, you know, is walking forward has a much better, has the better chance of, of winning this fight. Um, just watching Dear Casey when he does get backed up, which I think in most of this fight he probably will. I just don't think he's as effective uh, in that third round versus uh, Fiziev, he was able to get on the front foot a lot more um, and he probably won that third round. I think he did actually win that third round on the scorecards anyway. So, um, and that's a, you know, that's a massive um, achievement going up against someone like Fiziev who's elite, another elite kickboxer. So, um, so yeah. Dear Casey, you want him on the front foot as much as possible because I think if he starts getting backed up, it's a dangerous game to play against Borshev. Um, if they do get in the pocket, Slav just looks very dangerous there. Um, 
And I, it can get pretty close to 50-50, I think, in there, but I'd also kind of edge towards Slav in the pocket. Um, and like I said, I think the person who gets on the front foot goes a long way to getting a knockout or just winning a points fight here. It's hard to see it going the distance just because of how aggressive Slav has been in his previous fights, but maybe because this is uh, off the top of my head, I would assume to Casey's the most accomplished striker he's faced at least recently or in MMA, maybe he'll respect him a little bit more and, um, and not be as aggressive and look for that, you know, big knockout like he always does. Um, the other thing to factor into is dear case is kind of on a downturn at the moment. He's, I mean, we can look at his, uh, I can get up his record here. He's coming off two losses. He already had a bit of a losing streak in the in the in the UFC. He lost to uh, this is about four or five years ago. Lost to close Hooker and Hack Parast, um, and that's a Hack Parast from like you know four years ago. Much younger Hack Parast beat Duffy and Venada, and then he's come back and lost again to Fiziev, who's no slouch, and uh, Rafael Alves, which um, I thought he would win that fight, but. Uh, he just got caught. So, yeah, it's a bit of a worry. I feel like he's on a downturn, whereas Slav's, you know, you know, massively on the up here. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think I'll, we'll look at the odds now. On my screen here, you've got uh, Dia Casey at 2.2 on Top Sport and Borshev at 1.67. Um, I think this is about right. I don't see value on either side here. I think I wouldn't bet Borshev unless he was maybe over 170, but even then it's probably not for me. Um, I'd be wanting something around that 175 for Borshev probably. And then dear Casey, yeah, I, I 220, I don't see any value in that at all. So yeah, not much to go off here in terms of the betting, but um, yeah, we can move forward. Alexi Olinik versus Ilya Latifi. We've got uh, Latifi here at 1.46 with Top Sport, 2.71 for Olinik uh, at Top Sport. Let me just get my notes up on this one. Yeah, I think I think it's a tough matchup for Olinik because I mean it's you can say that for both fighters and it's a bit of a rough matchup for both of them. But I think Latifi negates basically a lot of what Olinik does. Olinik's got great takedown defense. He's never been taken down in the UFC, um, and he's never been submitted either. And, I mean, that's Latifi's game plan to a T. He wants to take you down and submit you. Latifi, if he should be able to do what he likes, he's a better striker. He's, you know, he's a better he's a better wrestler. You know, maybe he's not a better grappler, but, you know, uh, Linux grappling is pretty well negated if you can keep it on the feet, which I think he can. So my biggest worry for Latifi is two things. I'd say one, if he decides to take Olinic down, which I think would just be not worth it. It's just not worth the risk. You're much better off sticking on the outside and catching Olinic and he's, as he's coming forward, trying to get into a grappling scenario. Um, you know, 
and and find a you know I think you could easily find a knockout from that kind of that style of fight, or um, or or win a points fight. Um, and my other worries is cardio. I think I know Olenek's cardio is also very poor, but I think it's really hard to say who's got the worst cardio because they're both not that great. Um, so if the fight get, gets into, if you get into the second half of this fight, the winner of this fight could almost be the person who gasses second, <laughs> who gets tired. Uh, you know, the person who gets tired first could be the loser. Um, but I, yeah, like I said, I don't really see an advantage there for anyone in that department. Um, you know, maybe maybe Olenek does have an advantage there just because if Latifi employs a game plan, game plan where he's consistently running, not running away, but, you know, using his footwork, getting away from Olenek and trying to counter-strike him, move, counter-strike him, move, you know, then maybe, um, you know, maybe that could be quite tiring. But as I said, skill for skill, I think Latifi is the much uh, superior fighter and I think if he can avoid the ground... Um, you know, I think even if he's on top of, of, of a Linux, I know I've said it's not really worth it for him. Like it's maybe not worth the, um, the danger, I guess, but I still think he would be okay. Latifi on top of a Linux for them. Like I would, fa- I would say there's less chance that he's going to be submitted than him just staying on top and, and pounding away or doing nothing really. Um, so yeah, I I mean earlier in the week I bet Latifi at one point six five or whatever he was, um, that was uh, I thought much too big. I price I, Latifi as I said before he's at one point four six on um, on Top Sport here. I yeah I bet Latifi at one point six, but uh, I would um, I price Latifi around one point four. 1.45. So, um, yeah, let's see if you're 1.46. Maybe the slightest bit of value there uh, at Top Sport. So that would be one of my angles. And also, I think there's a good chance that um, let's see if you get to finish in this one. Um, just because early on, I think Olenek's going to struggle to get a takedown. And Latifi's got a lot of power in his hands. And I can see him just copying something big and, you know, getting finished. Um, so inside the distance for Latifi, I think if you can get something around 2.5 or bigger, I think that's a good bet too. All right, let's move on to Matt Brown and Brian Barberena. I mean, it's a bit of a throwback this fight. It's pretty hard to predict because I think a lot of soft factors, soft factors play into this one. At this point in their careers, I think a lot of this just comes down to who wants it the most, who's taking it more seriously. Um, you know, they're both well and truly at the tail end of their careers. Um, are they doing this to to pay the bills? Are they doing it because they just love to fight? You know, I doubt they're they're doing this because they think they'll win a championship one day. So it's it's one of those ones where, you know. It wouldn't surprise you if one of these fighters had like a couple week training camp or something like that and is just doing it to get a paycheck. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, there's not much for them to gain other than maybe they like to, you know, have a bit of fun out there or, like I said, uh, get a paycheck. Um, but I did like what I heard from Brown recently. Um, 
and how he's kind of changed his approach to fighting. And I think you can see it in some of his recent fights. He's less scrappy and brawly. And, you know, if you go back to his fights from, you know, nearly a deck five, ten years ago, he was uh, he was getting into a lot of, you know, entertaining fights. Whereas now he's saying that, he you know, he's changed his approach a lot, becoming, you know, treating it more like a business. Uh, being a lot more strategic in the way he approaches fights and moving away from those crazy fights of the past. So <clears throat> I think that's a good sign for him heading into this fight. The more he makes it a brawl, the more I think he plays into Barbarina's um, what he's strongest at. Not saying he could beat Barbarina at that, but I think it's just um, it's. I think he'd be better off, better served making this more of a, a strategic fight. I think overall he is the more skilled fighter. He's got more weapons. I think he's the more technically skilled striker. I think he's a better wrestler, grappler. But I don't know if he has the skills to avoid a brawl, if you get what I mean with Barbarina. So um yeah, he could work his wrestling here, Brown, but I'm not sure if I see a huge advantage in the sense that I could see him taking Barbarina down and Barbarina just getting up kind of straight away. Um, on the feet is where it's kind of hard to find a winner, and it goes back to what I was saying before. Barbarina's uh, he's very game, will look to pressure, um, you know, make this a wild fight, use his low kicks, which are probably his biggest weapon here, make it ugly, trade in the pocket, all those kinds of things. Um, I don't he's not as durable as he used to be, but um, but I mean, nor is Brown. I think Brown, yeah, like I said, he should try and make this more technical and find the, you know, maybe look for more of that perfect shot to to end Barbarina's night, um, and work his wrestling too. So it it's pretty close to a fifty fifty fight for me. Um, both are pretty easy to hit, but you know, maybe Brown being the slightly more technical may play to his advantage. If I had to make a favorite on the fight, I'd favor Brown. Looking at the odds now on Top Sport, you've got Barbarina at 1.87 and Matt Brown at 1.93. Like I said, I would favor Brown by the slightest of margins. So, yeah, maybe if you can pick up twos at some point for Brown or above twos. For me, I'm not going to bet this one at all unless, you know, one of them got the blows massively. Um, yeah, I just, uh, it's a bit of a lottery when you're backing, you know, when you're betting on a fight with such, you know, with fighters at the back ends of their career and you don't, you don't know exactly what their motivations are. All right. Uh, Askar Askarov versus Kai Kara France. Let's have a quick drink of water. I mean, this really should be the main event. It's the best fight on the card for me um in terms of highly ranked fighters um but of course the heavyweights are going to get top billing because flyweights probably aren't too entertaining for people but anyway i digress i think askarov it's pretty obvious he'll be trying to impose his wrestling from the outset i doubt he'll want to risk standing with kai even though he has made significant improvements there i just think Kai is just so dangerous. I don't. I don't think Kai Kara France is a great striker in the sense of his technical skills, 
um, diversity of strikes. I don't think he's very special. Uh, it's nothing you've you. It's not something you've haven't seen before. But he's so effective just with what he does with his um his overhand right. His right hand is just so deadly, um, and he's so good at finding the target. So although I don't think he's got a great striking game overall, he's very effective at what he's good at. So I don't think it would be smart for Askarov to to want this on the feed. I think he's just better off just working his wrestling the whole time. And the question is, you know, how well can Askarov control France and for how long? Looking back at the Pantoja fight, he had Askarov a couple of years ago. He, I think he struggled to impose himself in that one, and that's why it did come down to a split decision. I think it could have gone either way. Um the, I think the major reason why Pantoja lost that fight was because he just got so tired from all the wrestling. And in this fight, I would say, so, so like you know, Pantoja worked so hard to negate the wrestling, but by the time they got on the got on the feet, where he had an advantage, he couldn't really land too much significant and really get the respect of Askarov to to win a points decision. So, the big question here is, you know. Kaikara's um his cardio, I would say it's better than Pantoja's. So that's a good sign. But is his, you know, is his wrestling defense or grappling defense as good as Pantoja? And you'd probably say no. Um so it's a pretty hard one to call in the sense of where's the value in this one. Uh Askarov looked great in his win over Benavidez, but I mean Benavidez, that was his last ever fight. You know, you question his motivation at that point of his career. Was he ever going to get a title shot again? Um, and, you know, Askarov's just a nightmare opponent to have when you're at that point in your career. Um, so I'd say Kaikara Francis, you know, striking's probably better than Pantoja's and Benavidez's in terms of how dangerous he is. But his grappling is probably worse than both of them, I would assume. Um, it's just his right hand is so lethal. So if there's any point where this is, you know, on the feet, it could be over reasonably quickly. Um, yeah, like I said, if Asgard just struggles in the slightest to impose his wrestling, um, he could be in big trouble here against Kaikara France. Um, he's especially in trouble, I think, if, if Kaikara can back him up against the fence. That's when... Um, France has found his his big shots. That's where he's been able to to land his right hand. So for me, I think there is a little bit of value in Kai at fours. I'll just get up the odds here with Top Sport. You've got Kai Kara France at fours, Askar Askarov at 1.25. I think that if you can get France at fours, I think it's the slightest bit of value. I think it's worth a small bet. Um just because if you can just keep it on the feet for a little bit of time and if you can do something to what Pantoja did and keep it on the feet and not um and negate some of his wrestling towards the back end of the fight, I think I could see Kaikara getting a knockout. Um you know, I could you know, I could also see him winning a decision like Pantoja nearly did too. So yeah, for me, I think Kai at fours is it's not huge value, I would say. I would have Kai, you know, somewhere closer to maybe 3.5, something like that. Um, 
you know, maybe a little bit more than that. It's hard to know just because I haven't seen an awful lot of Cara France's grappling. And Askar Askarov is a huge step up. So, yeah, I th- I think I think fours for Kai is, a, is worth a small, very small play. All right, um, next fight we have Joanne Wood versus Alexa Grasso. Just two more fights to get through. Uh, odds here are 1.39 for Grasso and threes for Wood. And Grasso is basically better in most areas, but I expect this to stay on the feet for most of the fight. Wood has some nice kicks and will want to play this out at a kicking range, whereas Grasso probably wants to get in the pocket a bit more and, and, and use her boxing. Um, I think overall... Grasso is probably the more refined, uh, more effective striker. She may be able to, she may even be able to do something to what Sand, similar to what Santos did to to Wood here, um, and just I don't know, explode with faster hands and catch Wood. You know, Wood might look good in the early outset of his fight, just you know, keeping her at range with her kicks. And then you know, all of a sudden, like what Santos did, she could just land a big punch. Or, you know, start really exploding into range and piecing her up a bit. Um, if the fight does go to the ground, I give Grasso the advantage there. I think she's looked very slick down there, especially against Barbara. You could tell she'd made some significant improvements in her ground game. And she's got so much upside heading into this fight too. Um, could get her age up here, but I believe she's... <laughs> I believe she's like 28. Yeah, she's 28 years old. Uh, She's been away for a year, so I'm sure she's made some big improvements in that time. And Woods is 36 now. So, um, yeah, there's a a big chance that Grasso's, you know, made some big improvements. And, um, and yeah. So... Yeah, I, I think Grasso at 140 looks about right to me. The more I think about it, though, the more I could see her, um, you know, firming in a little bit more there, maybe into the, you know, the one the 135s. I it wouldn't, be, wouldn't even be surprised if she yeah, got down to 1.3. The thing is, I think she could potentially lose her for the first round here, just getting back into her groove um, from a year off and figuring out the range. Um and stuff like that, but but from there, I think rounds two and three, I can really see her taking over and and landing the biggest strike. So maybe there's even a live angle there for um for you guys just to um you know if if you can see that Grasso's a little bit slow to get going, and then but towards the last minute or two of the round, you can see her get her reads a bit more and and find the target a little bit more. Um, but she lost the first round. Maybe, maybe there's a little, a good little live bet for you there. Um, well, I think some other things you could look at Grasso inside the distance. I think if you could get sixes or above, just because Wood's chin's been tested a little bit lately, I think Grasso's got some decent power and she could dominate towards the end of the fight with her boxing. So I think that's an interesting angle too. If you want to back, uh, back Wood, I think, um, Wood decision. I couldn't see uh, Wood getting a finish. So, um, 
I think if you want to back Wood, I would just back uh, Joanne Wood by decision. That's probably your best angle there. All right, let's move on to the final fight. The heavyweight fight here between Curtis Blades and Chris Dorcas. Odds via Top Sport, 1.25 for Blades and 3.95 for Dorcas. I think it's just very hard to come up with anything solid in this fight in terms of a bet just because we haven't seen any of Dorcas's ground game at all. And there's a bloody good chance, better, probably a 99% chance that Dorcas is going to be on his back at some point in this fight. So, I mean, Blades has arguably got the best wrestling in the division um, and his striking's always improving. He's a bloody good fighter. The problem is he just has a tendency to get caught. So... Yeah, in this fight, I think he'll be looking to, you know, get Dorcas down, you know, his standard game plan, get Dorcas down throughout the fight. Um, I think he can strike if he wants to with Dorcas early on, um, you know, especially in the early rounds. I noticed uh, against Rosen's strike, he had some success in the striking there. I think he's he's a good striker. Um, I just don't think he has much much confidence in his striking at all, and I think he's very scared of getting hit. So as soon as he gets touched up a couple of times, he goes straight to his wrestling. Um, even against Lewis, he was piecing Lewis up. So, yeah, I noticed as the fight went longer that Rosenstrike, Blades can be a little bit predictable in his striking. So I think Rosenstrike was like, oh, okay, he's just going to throw this same combination over and over. And then as soon as Rosenstrike started to get some confidence in the striking, then Blades went straight back to his wrestling. So... I think, you know, it's going to be pretty standard from Blades. He's not going to want to stand with Dorcas for long. He's going to get him down pretty soon, I would imagine. Um, yeah, so th- like I've said, this is this is Dorcas's sixth fight in the UFC. And even though he's had six fights there's um, or five fights, there's still so many unknowns about Dorcas. Um, he's only been out of the first round once. He's only had to defend one takedown, really, I would say, uh, in his in his whole career, and that was against Olenek, who basically just grabbed onto his um, grabbed onto his neck, I think it was. Or anyway, he tried to drag him down, basically, and uh, pull guard essentially um, to get his uh, good old Ezekiel choke in, um, and and um, and Dorcas just stood his ground, really, and let Olenek fall down and said, get back up and then beat the crap out of him. But um, I would assume Blades is going to be able to get Dorcas down lots of times. The question is how often, though? These are There's just so many unknowns because we have not seen enough of Dorcas's wrestling and we've seen zero of his ground game. Um, so the questions are, you know, how often can Blades get Dorcas down? And the second question is how hard it will be, how hard will Blades have to try, how much energy will he have to exert to get Dorcas down? And thirdly, um, Dorcas is a black belt in BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, so that's a good sign. He's obviously not going to be as terrible on the ground, but is he good enough on the ground to be able to constantly get back up 
and annoy blades to, you know, make blades have to work. Um, we just don't know. <laughs> we have no idea. He could be terrible on the ground. Just because you've got a, a black belt on BJJ doesn't mean you're very good at grappling. Um, it just means that you're good at, you know, you're probably just good at jiu-jitsu. And it, it could play zero, zero effect on an actual MMA fight. So, yeah, potentially he could be able to make Blades work really hard for a takedown. He could be able to get back to his feet consistently. He could be able to tire him out. And in that case, if Dorcas can defend lots of takedowns, if he can consistently get back to his feet and annoy Blades towards the end of the fight, I can see him getting a knockout or getting a knockout at any point in the fight, really. Um, but he could have terrible ground game, sit on his back the whole fight, and Blades just wins the decision or he gets pounded out. So the longer this stays on the feet, keep it simple, the bigger chance that that um, that Dorcas has. Um, but, yeah, it, we're literally just playing a guessing game here, and, and in that sense, it's not really worth a bet for me. I don't really see any value. I've seen, you know, that you can get Blades knockout at, 1.9 I just I just don't think that is a good it's it's too short in odds to take a risk for me because blades I mean Dorcas could have a great ground game and be able to get back to his feet all the time he could have great wrestling and not you know find it really hard to be taken down if you really wanted to have a bet and this is where I would be leaning if if you're you're a mug you need to have a bet <laughs> on the fight I'd be going blades decision maybe just in the the I think there is a chance that Dorcas probably has a decent ground game. His brother's got a decent ground game. That's maybe something he can go off to. He's got a black belt in jiu-jitsu. So I'd lean more towards that. Uh, so Blades might find it hard to finish him. So Blades' decision I think is good. I think you can get above three for that. If you have to have a bet, go that way. And if you want to back Dorcas, I would just back inside the distance because... If, uh, if he does have good grappling, if he does have good wrestling, then he's going to be able to keep it on the feet and I think he could find a knockout at some point. Or he could be a wicked submission artist and he could find something off his back or get a reversal against Blades. We don't know. So, yeah, for me it's a stay out, but if you really want to have a bet, there's some angles for you. But that'll do for today. As always, please... Um, Please subscribe to MMA Punt School if you're into your MMA betting and you want to, yeah, find an edge there. If you're interested in my results, jump over to velabetting.com. You can see all the results of the channel I've got running and also my personal betting results, which date back a bit longer. Um, but, yeah, like, subscribe, do all the good stuff. And I will not be back next week. We've been going eight weeks in a row. Um, but I will not be back next week. We've finally got a break uh, in the action, but then I'll be back in two weeks from now for uh, UFC 274 or 273. I think it's 274, but Volkanovski is back. The Australian legend versus um, versus the Korean zombie. So I'll be back for that. But thanks for tuning in, everyone, uh, and catch you next time.